welcome to our podcast, COP26 and the Journey to Change, a podcast brought to you by Visit Scotland's business events team. COP26 is all about change, the vital and necessary change we need to make not just as individuals, but as communities, countries and continents, the global journey of change to address climate change and its impact. In this podcast, we will be discussing how the issues of change and sustainability affect the business events sector, and also how business events can help bring about the change that we need. We will be questioning what we can learn from COP26 and what our industry can do to change itself. And we'll be examining the COP26 programme themes, including energy, nature, youth and science, to find those crucial intersections where business events can make a difference and help achieve the outcomes of COP26 and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. At Visit Scotland, we believe that business events are more than just meetings. We believe business events can be catalysts for social and economic change. As Scotland welcomes COP26, we welcome you to our podcast. Stay tuned, follow for new updates and enjoy. Welcome everyone, the session's about to begin. Please take your seat and make yourself comfortable. Please ensure your tea and coffee is topped up and feel free to shut down your emails and enjoy the session. Today, we will be discussing gender, and to help us in our discussions, we are delighted to be joined by Amy Calvert, CEO of Events Industry Council, Meredith Rollins, Chief Community Officer at PCMA, Derek Johnson, Chief Diversity Officer and Director of Event Strategy, Tally Management Group, and our guest host today is Rory Archibald. Hello everyone and thank you so much for tuning in. Today at COP26, as you heard, they are discussing gender. We are taking that subject matter and we are expanding it ever so slightly to include equality in general. And Amy, Meredith and Derek, thank you so much for taking your time to join us. Let's just dive straight in. Now, you all represent some incredible organisations within the business events industry. You're all leaders within the business events industry. Within your work and within your organisations, there are some really incredible examples of equality that are running through your organisations. So I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about what your organisation does and a little bit about those initiatives and programmes that you're involved in. And Amy, I'm so sorry to put you on the spot, first of all, but I'm going to come to you first because you have literally just launched the Equity Acceleration Plan, which is incredibly exciting. So I'd love to hear more about the EIC and more about the Equity Acceleration Plan, if that's all right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Rory, and thank you for the support of Visit Scotland. We are so grateful, and it's great to be with all of you, my good friends, Meredith and Derek. Love to see your faces here today, and great supporters of EIC. So the Events Industry Council is, at its heart, it's a global federation that supports the, the sector through advocacy, research, professional standards, and, of course, recognition. One of the things that we're really keen to continue to discuss as a federation, as in a council that's supported by our great partners and our amazing volunteers is, you know, how do we contribute to 
our recovery and our resilience. And I think we collectively recognize that, you know, at the heart of this global pandemic is this issue around equity. And we really believe that this industry, this sector has a tremendous, tremendous opportunity and capacity to really be an accelerator for change in this area of equity and inclusion. And so we're really inspired, obviously, by the tremendous work that our members and our partners have been doing for quite some time. And the role that we'd like to play here is to be sort of a further catalyst to ensure that we have the broadest reach. You know, when we start to think about, you know, how we inspire our workforce how we collectively as the industry that fosters human connections create truly welcoming environments and a place for everyone to sort of be their authentic selves you know we feel like this this council and this task force sort of getting at the heart of, of this matter of equity and creating this acceleration plan is how we can best contribute so the group is really looking at first and foremost sort of understanding where we are right now through a benchmarking survey that we launched about two weeks ago. We're hoping to reach the broadest swath of industry professionals, all sectors, all global regions to get a better handle on that. And once we do, you know, use that, which I think is really one of the key differentiators with this initiative versus some others, is to then come together uh, through continued collaboration and create more resources. But the plan really is to is to really make broadly available through this council education resources and, and a community of individuals that stay together over a period of time, not only to ensure that those tools are leveraged, but that we are measuring our progress and really sharing that and being very transparent about what's working and what's not. But it's really, it's an incredible collaboration. It wouldn't have happened, of course, without the support of our incredible partners and this incredible task force of which Derek, you're a part of, thank you very much. Um, coming together and really having some open and honest dialogue about, you know, we've done some things, we've had some programs, others have made a difference, um, maybe more than others. And this is not about suggesting that we wanna duplicate effort or there hasn't been important work done. It's about suggesting that, it's time to move this incredible vision we have to action. Collectively, we can do that together. Sure, sure. And I think this um, the pandemic has done nothing but create incredible collaborations throughout the industry. Yeah. And you know, we need to find out where we currently are in order to move forward, in yeah. order to find out where we need to get to. Um, and you're absolutely right. So with the industry opening very slowly back up across the world, we need to really redefine what business events mean and how we get people back together um, and how we do it better than we've ever done before. And that just leads really nicely on, Derek, you know, you wear you wear two different hats um, with Tally Management and also with the LGBT MPA. Um, so, you know, looking after diversity within tally management and with your other hat, you must have some incredible stories of initiatives you've been involved in over the years. Yeah, so thanks very much on that. I've been very fortunate and honored to make an impact in this community, um, not just today, but also with the goal of, as Amy said, really being a catalyst for change in the future. Uh, tally management group. We're an association management firm based in Mount Royal, New Jersey. Um, we manage probably over 30 associations, but my role as the chief diversity officer is to really connect the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives of our organization to creating sustainable and meaningful connections um, through meetings and events um, within the various client portfolios and to ensure that our team is all focused on that overall mission to create a stronger uh, community, a stronger world through human connection to enhance our global society. So the work with Tally is 
absolutely amazing because it touches multiple industries and multiple people. And through ultimate connection, we can drive this social and economic transformation within communities. And so you tag that along with LGBT and PA um, and the beacon in the sky for us there is really to uh, produce uh, an events community where everyone is equal, included and welcome. And this past year, we launched our first day of diversity uh, in which we wanted to honor the past, honor the present and the future of the diversity of difference, of uniqueness, and, and really uh, come together as a community uh, to promote self-affirmation and dignity, equality, and increased visibility of diversity within the industry. And with over 300 participants and over 10 partners joining in on, on this amazing inaugural event, we produced over 20 hours of content and had a lot of engagement from diverse communities, not just underneath the LGBT plus umbrella, but all across the industry and hope to grow um, this along with our partners like PCMA next year in EIC. And so within all of the areas that I personally have been able to impact, even sitting on the board of PCMA currently um, and being a part of their initial uh, diversity task force uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement, we are slowly moving the needle. But getting back to the, the foundation as we look to increase these uh, opportunities, increase awareness, um, driving to the central point of ensuring that every person has the equal opportunity to um, participate, um, to share, and to, to learn and bring their, as Amy said, the full authentic selves into um, the environment is where we need to go as an industry. And there's a lot of opportunity there um, because, again, we touch so much, um, just about everything in this world. And uh, there's no greater pleasure than um, for me to wake up every day because I know that today I'm going to get to touch someone's life in a different way and they're going to be able to touch mine also. And that's where true change happens. Um, and that, that's exactly why um, our industry exists is to create that change and to create stronger communities through connection. Absolutely. And you know, it's uh, some people look at our industry and think it's bums and seats and you're in a conference, but actually, you know, bringing people together, COP26 is the perfect example. You're bringing world leaders together to tackle what is the world's greatest challenge, even before COVID, is the world's greatest challenge in solving climate change. And you can only do that by bringing people face to face. Derek, you had so many good points there that I've actually, I didn't get them all, but you know, stronger world, global society, and also the authentic self, and also that thing about catalyst for change. I mean, these are all things that take place within our industry. You know, we also have to look internally at our own industry to see what we need to be doing, but we also take that externally. And as you say, we touch so many different parts of society. I think Sheriff uh, from PCMA is, is referred to our industry as a meta industry just because it touches absolutely everything. So thank you. And you know, with that catalyst for change, I mean, Meredith, 
PCMA has been a massive influence on Visit Scotland. Our campaigns for the last two or three years, our entire strategy has been changed because of that one little tagline, which I first heard at St. Louis um, at the PCMA Education Conference, and that events are a catalyst for economic and social transformation. And you know we've taken the social side and moved that really further and made it part of our really core remit of why we and Visit Scotland and why Scotland takes part in business events. So PCMA has been instrumental in this and is a world leading organisation within the industry. So please tell me what you're working on at the moment, because I know that the organisation touches so many different parts of equality and gender. Thanks, Rory. I couldn't agree more with what has been shared by Amy and Derek. I think the power of our industry is the individual's the mission, what we're all about, about connecting people and how we can change the world through those business events. And also, I think it's powerful how all the, I think our industry is pretty unique in how we collaborate among all the industry organizations and the supplier service providers and the event professionals. We're all kind of in this together and we have to put our resources together to really move the needle on this topic. PCMA, as Derek said, um, and Derek has been really involved with this and leading within PCMA as well as Amy as a member and and an industry leader, we have kind of been on this journey for for a number of years. Um, Probably our biggest stake in the ground was creating the Ascent program, which was really for diversity, equity, inclusion across the industry to support individuals, anyone that has felt like they've been held back in their profession or their personal life because of gender, sexuality, ethnicity, kind of across the board. And I was personally inspired by it because I think it does speak to the fact that it's it's anyone, anyone can be in this camp of um, needing help. And PCMA felt like this is our opportunity as an industry to support each other and give people opportunities that they may not have had uh, previously. So we've had different initiatives. We had a CEO promise that we launched. We've had over 100 executives sign that. And basically, that's a promise that they'll add educational training for their own internal organizations, as well as um, provide a safe workplace. That's critical. So that just shows you, again, the collaboration across the industry that everybody believes in this and wants to move the needle. And then we also have, um, in the last year, we've really been focused on kind of the both the internal and external. So you have to get your house in order as well. So we've done internal surveys and it's impacted our hiring and our recruitment strategy for our own organization, as well as volunteers and membership. And then looking externally, initiatives like what Amy talked about, Events Industry Council, that's a perfect thing for PCMA to support and step in on um, and bring kind of our membership an organization behind. And we've also been a part of Tourism Diversity Matters, which was an initiative that we're working on with Events Industry Council as well. Um, and a lot of the DMOs that is looking to create programs, again, to, to bring people up. And really, that's what it's all about, is how do we support each other and create an environment where everyone feels like they have an opportunity to succeed? Absolutely. And I mean, I've got to say, you know, as an LGBT person myself, I've never felt more welcome at an industry conference than I have when I've gone to PCME. And you can see that those values really resonate throughout the entire organization, which is just incredible. Everyone is working on such incredible initiatives. And, you know, when you look at COP26, you look at the UN Sustainability Goals, 
you have to actually achieve every single sustainability goal, everything from no poverty through to fair education, universal health care, fair work, equality, diversity. You have to achieve every single one of those in order to combat climate change. And you know, the work that all of you are doing are touching so many different parts of lives, both internally within our organisation, but then personally with those people that uh, you're helping uh, get a voice or feel supported with can then better their own lives to then help take that tiny little steps towards helping combat climate change which is why you know we're, we're dedicating an entire podcast to equality and and to gender but i'm wondering these are all fantastic things what more do you think needs to be done within our industry to kind of potentially achieve that utopian vision where we are all equal, which I know visions or goals or change is an ever-evolving concept and people's idea of what is wonderful now can change in 50 years. But in your opinion, what would you say we still need to be working on as an industry? Derek, I'll come to you first this time. <laughs> Could you tell that there's something bubbling inside of <laughs> yeah, me? There? Just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think for me, it's it's it goes back to the mission of LGBTMPA, and it's connecting, advancing, and empowering. Um, those three words uh, that stick out to me. Um, it's connecting people to others, to, to expanding their their circles, their communities of influence, um, because ultimately that's how we grow. That's how we change as, as individuals is by learning from others and being exposed to things that, that exist outside of our natural circles with advancing, ensuring that we're not just spotlighting, but we're helping uh, marginalized communities grow within uh, leadership, within communities is very important identifying uh, those opportunities that, that may exist in the space that others may not have the opportunities to necessarily see directly or be connected to is very, very important. And seeing that growth all the way through, not just at the onset of learning and of sharing, but actual impact and influence. Uh, and then the empowering piece in ensuring that folks that every person feels, again, like they can bring their full selves into every situation. And how do we do that? It's through having diversity be, I think, the foundation of everything that we do by learning from others, by, by seeing the world for what it is that we're all different, we're all unique, but we can bring something different to the table and collectively our ideas and our visions become something more powerful than what we could have as individual people or isolated groups. And that, that empowerment, I think, is what really transforms all industries, all people, all communities to that utopian vision that we all hope to achieve someday. Wow. Yeah, that's incredibly powerful, Derek. Um, and that word empowering is just exceptional and across the board and you know if we look at just if just from an organizational perspective you empower your own individual employees and you recognize their individuality and their uniqueness i mean that just that doesn't just live within the workplace that gets taken home and then that affects families that affects communities and then all of a sudden you're not just transforming your workplace culture or that specific event where you've implemented these policies you're 
you're impacting entire communities across the planet whenever these people go home. And that all goes back to the UN SDGs and just taking that little bit step further. That's incredibly powerful. So thank you. Amy, what about yourself? What do you want to see the industry do better? Well, I think one of the pieces of this that's so important for us to to stay connected to is that we've been through an extremely painful time, you know, as a global society and as as an industry. But there was a lot of pain and suffering happening, you know, leading up to this that I think just went without enough really open and honest conversation about, right? And and as this past two years has taught us, you know, rebuilding trust, coming to this conversation with empathy and vulnerability, and just this recognition that what we're attempting to do really starts with inspiring individuals to be agents and for change, right? And and that starts, what we're trying to do is sort of inspire hearts and minds to, to join in to this, to this dialogue to then you know, move forward. And until we have those open and honest conversations and we as individuals are ready to be part of it, you know, we're going to continue to struggle. So I think that's the very first piece of it. And what I'm hopeful for as an industry is that we've learned some lessons coming out of this that can help us really think differently about our roles as individuals within this industry and the leadership that we provide as individuals in this industry to be um, drivers for change. I really think that recognition for all of us to have as, as individuals and professionals is so important. So what we're aiming to do through being hosts and facilitators of these conversations is to bring people on a learning journey, right? Where they get to a place where, you know, they're ready to not be overwhelmed by the enormity of the issue and, and begin the journey, right? And that's why EIC going back to even prior to the pandemic, you know, we started to think about purpose and what is it this organization can really do to support its members and support the global workforce. And we thought, well, we really um, want to kind of hone in on those pan industry issues around sustainability and social impact and workforce development and career pathways and all of those things. Uh, but we need to make people aware and not assume everybody knows about where to go. Sure. or the things that they're looking for yeah because that's a big challenge as well so i think that's a big piece of it let's not lose this connectedness we have to one another let's not get back to the tyranny of just doing what we've always done because it would be easy to do that let's really be bold and brave and continue to have those tough conversations and to drive these things forward knowing that it's going to take all of our individual leadership to do so, but not to feel alone in it because there are communities, you know, represented here today. There are people, there are places to go Absolutely. to build those important relationships and those networks and to participate and join in. And, you know, we hope EIC is one of those places that people feel they can go and feel genuinely supported and informed and inspired to continue to find a place for themselves as they journey through their, you know, professional and personal lives connected to work that really matters yeah absolutely you know those those the conversations, those open and honest conversations, I think when we started our, our Journey to Change campaign, we realized that there were going to be tough conversations that we had to have with ourselves as an organization on how do we do business? Who do we do business with? How do we do it better? And you know, the industry, I think, will continue to have 
tough conversations going forward in order to create that empowerment and to make people feel that they do have a voice because um, we're going to have to have a look to see where are things that have gone wrong in the past that need massive corrections in order to allow that to happen but you know it's taking the bandage off we need to do it now we need to do it without hesitation and we need to have those those conversations so that you know people can have that voice and then follow through within the industry and take that with them yeah my friend at um, who likes to talk about the collective consciousness that we have now, oh yes you know? and, <laughs> and i think it's so important because you know it, this has happened to us um and we have an opportunity to really um capitalize on the things that's that is exposed and, absolutely um, that will make us stronger ultimately in the end and we're in a very unique industry where there's that will, there's that passion, there's want to create change and to make things better. And you know that that word tyranny um, for going back to the way things were. I mean, we need to be a leading industry so that we can showcase not just to corporates, incentives, or associations that we don't want to go backwards, but to governments, to local councils, to world leaders that we as an industry who bring you all together do not want to go back and set that precedence and set that standard in the hope that those others will follow. Well, I think we've had enough serious conversation for the time being, and I think it is time to pop in for a coffee break. I have to say, I'm sick of hearing that moderator's voice, so I think a latte is definitely required. I will see you in the coffee break. Please make your way to the foyer, where tea and coffee will be waiting for you. We'll see you back here soon. Don't be late. We won't wait for you. Great. Well, I hope you've all got a tea and a coffee um, or a wee biscuit, although I think biscuit means something very different in the States to what it does over here. Cookie. Have a cookie. <laughs> so a few quick fire rounds after that heavy conversation. Now, I'm going to ask you a question now, but I don't need the answer until the end because you might need to think about it. If you were to choose three people, dead or alive, to be a keynote speaker at one of your events, or maybe some three people that you'd want to see be a keynote speaker, who would you choose? Now, don't worry, you've got two questions to think about it before we come to the very end. Events are starting to kick off again, and I am so looking forward to going back into the industry. What's your preference, drink reception or an intimate dinner? Amy, what about yourself? Uh, intimate dinner. Intimate dinner. Derek? Quick reception. A drink reception. <laughs> quick. A quick reception. <laughs> 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 well, I'm Saving. Scottish, so I'm, I'm drink reception all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Meredith, what about you? My preference for sure is the intimate dinner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that awkward, like, I need to talk to more people. How do I get true, out of this? True, true. And let's see how yeah. let's see how all how we all behave when things get back to normal when we're doing this regularly. We might have different answers in a year's time. Um, <laughs> best piece of advice you've received. I'm gonna go with Meredith. Okay. <laughs> I think I can remember that. So one piece of advice I received early in my career was um, from an industry leader who said, it's all about effort and enthusiasm. That's kind of how you move up in your career. And I thought that was a really good way to, it's simple, 
but effort and enthusiasm if you can put those behind any job like you'll be successful oh nice i like it noting that down uh what about you amy so one of the things that i love um about one of my former leaders that shared this leadership piece with me is that um he really lives it and breathes it but he said to me amy um we're in the business of people and and i just love that and i go back to that so often in so many different scenarios you know we are in the business of people and it is about love absolutely oh i love that that's really good derek yourself yeah so my um grandfather would always tell my brother and i to aim for the stars and you'll land on a moon oh. and and or maybe it's the other way around but for me what that what that did is it really forced me to see the world differently and to be open to not just how things are seen um, but how they could be and i think uh, that's probably indirectly some of the best advice that has helped me navigate my life um, in general so oh wow Gosh, mine is nowhere near as powerful as your threes. Mine, mine is when you're at a drink reception, never say lovely to meet you. Always say it's nice to see you because then you never get in trouble for for forgetting someone. That's very practical. Very practical indeed, very practical. And now we come back to the big question on your three people, dead or alive, that you would either love to have or see as a keynote speaker. Do you have any volunteers? Oh, Meredith, you smile. That that is a volunteer in my eyes. <laughs> so this is a hard question, but um, the three that came to mind quickly. So Warren Buffett, I've never seen him before, but would would be so intrigued to hear his story. And um, I've read a little bit about him, but just how he's kind of kept his humility while um, being so successful in business. I'd love to see, I saw George W. Bush before, and I'd love to see him again because he's very dynamic and it was so shocking to me because of, you know, what I saw in the media and then seeing him in person, it was like quite different. And then um, someone from the far past, Madame Curie was the first biography I read about a female leader and a female scientist. Uh, When I was like in junior high, my dad said, hey, you need to read this book. And I would love to, to meet her and hear her speak. Good three, yeah. Those would be those would be fascinating. Um, Derek, what were your three? So first, before I tell you my three, can one of them not be an actual person? <laughs> we're on coffee break. The rules can be flexible. <laughs> you, want, you want Scooby to come speak at your conference? Flow with me here. Um, so first, Maya Angelou. I have always been a huge fan of that art form uh, that she brings or brought to our world. Second one, Viola Davis, amazing black actress um, who's done a lot for marginalized communities and speaks very articulately and uh, would love to be in her presence and hear her take on today and tomorrow. And then finally, um, the, the, the character I was referencing, Captain America. Ah, okay, um, okay. The leader, okay. the leader of the Avengers. <laughs> um, <laughs> for all all of the right reasons. Um, really, for me, I'm a huge Marvel comic fan uh, and a science fiction nerd. And so the idea of this, this pinnacle force 
um, leading some very powerful people in this space to ultimately drive the world towards equity and inclusion. Uh, that that is, I think, the most exciting thing for me. And I would really be in my seat jumping up and down if I had that opportunity. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, what a curveball. Was not expecting that. <laughs> Amy, what about yourself? So Renee Myers, she's um, okay. someone I met because I had the real pleasure of doing a leadership program in Baltimore. And she came in, she's from that area and did a uh, workshop with us on unconscious bias and she's amazing and now she's chief diversity officer at netflix mm -hmm. and she's incredible i think melinda gates is amazing and i love the work they're doing so i always think of, you know i've seen i saw her speak recently on a bloomberg program and she's great colson whitehead i'm reading um a couple of books right now nickel boys and it's it's incredible so it'd be great to hear him speak but my, um, if I could have an imaginary <laughs> someone come, I was thinking, because I'm an English major, who would, who, like a writer, I couldn't decide. And then I love music, I couldn't decide. But then you made me think, you know, what about Dumbledore? He would be great. I'm oh, 100%. So I yes. love Harry Potter. Don't, you know, I'm here to admit it. And I would say Dumbledore, because he's the man. Yeah. Oh my, could you imagine a session with Dumbledore and Captain America? That would be sensational. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. They could go on tour on the world and just continuously go on tour. Well, I'm coming to all of your events just because I'm loving the creativity and all these ideas. <laughs> I'm hearing the bell for going back into the session. So let's top up tea and coffee. And yeah, I hear the moderator's fantastic in this second half. So it should be a good one. I'll see you in there. The next session is about to begin. Please make your way back to the auditorium. Meredith, with PCMA, you I mean you are working all over the world, and you've grown exponentially in different markets just in the last in the last twelve months, which I think is a testament to to the want of connectivity and collaboration, which everyone's spoken about today. But what would you say is something you want to see change within our industry? I think one of our big opportunities is we, we've done a great job of kind of collaborating on the economic impact of business events and identifying what our industry represents. I think there's a huge opportunity to come out of the pandemic to show the, the social impact and the social transformation piece and quantifying that human connection and what comes of that. Because we all know it and we talk about it. And this is our space. But when it comes to justifying an event budget to a CFO within a corporation or to putting out your portfolio for an organization, we have to have these measurements in place and talking to your local government, it would be helpful for us to have the narrative of this is what it's going to do for your local community, but this is what it does for the general society. It brings down barriers. It allows us to walk in each other's shoes and see different people's perspectives. I always think when people talk about kind of the, oh, what are we going to do about flight shaming? And, you know, people are kind of pushing that there's a lot of talk about, is that okay? Should you fly across the country? I think the counter to that is, well, what, what would happen if we don't? And we'll become completely nasal gazing. We'll just stay in our local communities, only interact with the people around us. Like the danger of the reverse is scarier to me. I think what's exciting about our society is that we have globalized and we have brought people from you know all over the world to interact 
from all different professions and look at all the advancements in technology and in medicine that we've seen as a result and how these countries have collaborated with each other. So to me, I think there's just an opportunity for that narrative to kind of, how do you quantify that and really explain it to then go back to your local government, to go to your corporations and explain like, this is the value of doing these business events. There's a financial value and there's the human value. Absolutely. I mean, I could actually come over um, to our listeners. I can see everybody on screen. I want to kiss the screen for all of you because we've been trying to move away from like, that economic measurement and trans and and put towards um, our paymasters. You know, this is what the benefit the business events bring to society. And you know, not one of you have, have advocated for the economic side. Now, don't get me wrong; it's still a very important part of it. But the bigger story, the more important part, the the critical element to create change in our society is the social impact or the social uh, connections that business events bring to local communities where events are held, international communities when people go back to those places, the collaborations between universities, the collaborations between governments, between the job creations it can take. So it takes people out of poverty in different parts of the world. It's phenomenal and blows my mind sometimes of the potential that is there. But I think language is a really big part of that when we talk to governments on how we kind of transition from economics through to social and try to figure out what is the correct language that politicians um, and government leaders will understand and buy into. And I think there's a lot of work to be done with the UN and the way their terminology works. All of their measurements are on putting people and planet first. Um, and therefore we, there might be some tips and hints to take from there in order to help us tell that story a little bit better. I think I mentioned earlier about uh, tough conversations. So this is a potentially slightly controversial question. But, you know, all of your organisations have incredible values. What happens if you come across another organisation or potentially even a destination that perhaps doesn't mirror the values that you have as an organization. So I've asked this before with our association perspective um, earlier on in the podcast series, and there were some really interesting answers on how they would approach booking a destination. So I'm just curious, because I know you'll, you'll come at this from different angles on how you would approach working with an organization um, or potentially even not working with an organization that doesn't marry your values. I'm trying to look around to see if anybody is the most willing one to go first. Derek, you've got a big smile on your face again. Add the hand went up, so we have to go for there. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll switch this side to the tally management um, area. Uh, and I will say that our organization has really, over the past 15 months plus, taking a stance to align our clients and align our team and align our values collectively. And if something falls external from that, our first action course of action is to engage um, and to have these uncomfortable conversations. Within our team, we started a podcast <laughs> uh, called Conversations for Inclusion around uncomfortable conversations in various areas of diversity and inclusion. And we have these, these talks on a monthly basis, uh, and then we push them out to, our ex to the external world and to our clients and to our, our partners and ensure that they're is an understanding of where we sit within the space and what our position is on inclusivity, on diversity, on accessibility, on equality and equity. 
And that's, that's part one. But when we discover that there is misalignment and there is no flexibility to really be open to additional dialogue, additional conversations or change, we move on from that relationship because it's not in the best interest of us to support individuals or groups that are not helping to evolve our world and our community when we can invest time, effort, dedication in those groups, in those partners, in those clients, in those communities that ultimately have that goal in mind. Luckily for us, we've not yet been in a situation where we've faced the far side of this, but we've had some difficult conversations with folks. And we've always come to an understanding of thoughts of different directions, yet ultimately heading towards the same space. And how we get there may be different, and that's okay. But as long as we're all heading towards a direction of really elevating all people in all communities, um, that's where we really have a hard stop. Wow, that's incredible. We'll need to give a plug to this podcast um, on our description so that we can direct people there. I think that's going to be incredibly interesting for the audience. It's good to see that you actually engage, even if the values don't align from the very start, that you engage, you have that conversation. And it's only when there's not going to be a compromise or anything. You have to. I think it was mentioned earlier. We have now learned in this 15-month period, there's been a magnification of the systemic inequality that exists within our spaces. And if we sit back, we're just as bad as those who are pushing against this universal sense of equity and inclusion. Uh, and, And I think we all have to feel empowered to say something and to step forward and be the change, be the leaders um, within our spaces to drive ultimately this inclusive world that's built. It's a very people-centric world. It starts with each person. And I, I mentioned this in the presentation I did with EIC. Inclusion starts with I. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love Derek how you're saying, you know, we're all are we all heading in this to the same place, you know, or, you know, and I think that that's a really important piece of it to ask ourselves and ask one another those generous questions to sort of understand, you know, where are we in this journey and how can we support one another? And I think that that taking that posture is so important because we don't want to make assumptions that we are a meta industry, but we're also an industry that's comprised of all different, you know, types of organizations, you know, globally. I can add to that. So um, I agree with what Derek said wholeheartedly, because I think it's, it is critical when you're evaluating partner relationships to understand what the organization believes in. And we have different policies in our agreements about expectations of our partners. But I, I do think you're you're totally um, on point bringing this topic up because it can be challenging when you think of there's also an opportunity to influence. So if there's a partner that's maybe not aligned 100%, um, as Derek said, it's an opportunity to engage and to think about, well, as a result of a relationship, because we know what we value and what we're, where we're headed, could we bring this partner along the journey um, and influence the greater society as a result? So that's something that we've kind of dealt with in our organization is that there's value in the influence that you have as well in creating change. I think in episode two, International Association Perspective, 
one of the associations said that because I asked the same question, like we would absolutely engage and would absolutely hold our event there if it didn't align with our values. But we're having sessions to talk about that topic and to challenge the thought process within that destination or that city or whatever it was that we're doing. I was like, oh, I always went like this. Yes, absolutely do it. Because it's, you know, as you say, with, which all of you have said about open dialogue and that bringing people to the table. And and Derek, to your point, you know, you're, you're just as bad if you completely step away and wash your hands of it if you're not bringing trying to bring people in and have those difficult conversations um, amy i'll come back to you is there anything else you wanted to to add you know there? i think uh, yeah i need a dog sitter no i i think you know this idea we're really exploring at eic as it relates to all of sustainability and social impact is that you know we have partners members supporters that are a different place in this journey and we see our role as inspiring ambition and inspiring um, people to begin a learning journey. So with that recognition, we're trying to find different pathways for people to begin that journey. So, you know, for instance, if you're interested in learning more about, you know, how to develop a sustainable and socially impactful event, you know, we have a certificate program for you. If you're interested in, you know, exploring sustainable event certification, we're creating a pathway where it you're not overwhelmed with the enormity of that journey because it, you know, it is different for everybody depending on where you are and in your own company's exploration of that whole endeavor. So I think that's the important recognition as well. I think that we've had as an industry over the past two years is that um, we make a lot of assumptions that people have the awareness, the tools, the resources, the understanding, and it's, you know, and that's something that we shouldn't do. We should really um, try to be sort of the great explainers and motivators about why this really matters. And to your point, Maury, the interconnectedness of all of the UN SDGs. And I think Derek's comment about, you know, this reality that those folks that have been marginalized previously have been disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. And so now the need is even greater for us to recognize the opportunity that we have to really come together and make a difference. And uh, I think that, you know, seeing it firsthand, you know, not only in this role, but my previous role working for a destination of what happens when tourism and business travel and leisure travel is disrupted, you know, it does have a firsthand impact on, you know, the people that are on the front lines, the people that are the lifeblood of our industry, it doesn't matter where you are globally, that is the reality. And I feel as if we have a collective responsibility to those folks now more than ever to be their best champion and to, to create awareness from an advocacy perspective of just what you're saying. It's not just about the economic impact, it's the social impact. And that, again, is a journey and humanizing the story. And that's what I think it ultimately will take to inspire the policymakers to really understand and champion our industry for, for the purpose of what it is we really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the I think the, the message of this entire podcast is collaboration, empowerment, equality, and making sure that people know where the resources are so that they can feel empowered if they are in a position where they don't have the information or they don't feel they have the voice that we as an industry can help give that voice and help signpost them to the right areas even if that area involves being outside of our industry where we have the information there to tell them 
So unfortunately, it really pains me to say we have come to the end of this podcast. Those were some phenomenal conversations. And I think there's so much food for thought for all of us to take back, certainly for myself and hopefully for all the listeners out there. To Amy, to Meredith, to Derek, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, on our journey through COP26. To those out there who tuned in, thank you so much for listening and certainly stay tuned for the next one. This brings our session to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it and will join us again next time when we'll be discussing science and innovation. Thank you for attending today's session. See you soon.